0: You're listening to Kitchen Table Finance. Join Dave Shotwell and Nick Nauta as they cut through the complexity of financial planning and serve bites of investment advice that are both personal and practical.
1: Hey Dave, how are you doing today?
0: Doing great, Nick. How are you?
1: Good. Back for
2: another podcast episode. Here we go. Today, I'm episode. trying to match your enthusiasm.
1: <laughs> we are uh, reviewing the headlines. What's going on in retirement planning news? What's the latest? What are the studies? What are the nonsense? Yeah. What to look out
2: for? All the fun stuff, right? All the fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been, uh, you know, beginning of the year, there's always lots of like self help, how to fix your life kind of articles out there. So, you know, oh, it's a good, yeah. it's good to health take Health and look finances. At what if, if yeah.
1: January isn't about health and finances? I don't know what is, right?
2: Well, right. And that's a perfect segue because our first one that we grabbed here is an article from the New York Times with the Aha. keys to longevity. Which, right, I mean, that's yeah. financial planning, right? We're always trying to figure out like how long people are going to live and how to best yep. live their life. Although
1: I will say it's right? easier to plan for people if they know, you know when they're going to die and they don't live very long. <laughs> the planning on that is easier. It's not better, but well, it's
2: easier. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> we are cruising this morning, so yeah. This uh, this little New York Times article, I thought this was pretty good. Nothing, uh, nothing earth shattering, but uh, good stuff to consider. Basically, it comes down to move more, eat well, don't don't smoke, drink in moderation if you drink at all, get enough sleep, take care of your chronic conditions. But then we get down to prioritize relationships. I thought that was good. You know, I mean, you don't hear that one come up in a an article on living long, but they've got studies that show, you know, people that prioritize their relationships live a little longer. I'm glad longer this than is that in that there because
1: I think this is one of those that in retirement especially, what people fail to realize as a part of their retirement plan is the majority of Americans' connectivity, their you know, relationships are born out of work because that's where they spend the majority of their waking hours, right? And sometimes we fail to plan for okay, I you know, I go into the office, I've got 40 plus hours a week, I've got coworkers that I interact with, and if I stop doing that, how do I replace that?
2: Right. I read I read a similar piece sometime last year where they talked about how during your working years, you have two automatic communities, right? If you've got kids, you've got a community right there where yeah. you're working uh-huh. with other parents, and you know, you know, going to sporting events and 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 that sort of thing. And then your right. work your work family, and and in yeah. retirement, it takes a little effort. Right, you've got to recreate that yourself. So that, I thought that was a great point. And this last one too, cultivate mm. a positive mindset. You know, if all you're doing in retirement is sitting and watching, pick your, you know, sport or your, not sports, right. pick your uh, news channel, depending on your proclivities. And that's all you're doing is watching the the doom scroll of headlines. You're actually probably affecting your health yeah, and sure. longevity. Following these things, doing these things in retirement
1: is going to probably end up saving you money. Being healthier is, is a better option in retirement. <laughs> well, right.
2: Right. Right, right, yeah. It all it all has a financial component so, to it. Good stuff.
1: Yeah. Tell tell us a little bit about this next one, Dave. Why should we uh, stop? So should should we keep our morning coffee at Starbucks so, or not?
2: What say you? <laughs> I liked I liked this one because uh, John Reckenthaler in Morning Star in this uh, "Skipping Your Coffee Won't Make You a Millionaire" article is basically taking uh-huh. good old Susie Orman to task. And, uh, you know, the, it, it, there's different variations on this. She's, she's the one that, um, promoted the coffee one, but Hey, if you just took the coffee money that you spend every day and put it in an investment account instead, you'd be right. a millionaire, you know, by the the end of your life. And so John, you know, being, a little more analytical maybe than Ms. Orman, actually did the math. And what he found, I mean, it, it's a little tongue in cheek. But I think his points are, are well made. You know, if you picked the most expensive coffee in Manhattan and you didn't substitute, like you didn't say, right. well, I'll make coffee at home instead, you know, you didn't. You didn't I mean, he, he got pretty granular with this. And you invested and you invested right and this is the kicker. if you don't account for inflation, uh. you'll ha- you would likely if all those things played out and the market did what it should do, you'd, you'd likely have a million dollar investment account at the end of your life, but that would be a million dollars in today's dollars, yeah. not a million dollars in you know future used dollars. So it's a little misleading to say that. But, you know, he, he's the first to tell you, you know, the, the subheadline is, as fables go, this one is relatively <laughs> useful. <laughs> and, and so, you know, the point is well made. Ms. Orman's idea of taking something that maybe you're spending a little extra money on that you don't need to and investing it will definitely improve your life sure. down the road financially. I mean, we can talk about the social yeah. network you get from having right. a cup of coffee in the morning with your friends, but, uh, you know, and I'm not giving up my coffee. I don't care, but, well, uh, uh, a couple of thoughts on this is
1: yes. And, you know, pure terms, headline grabbing terms you know math or not right mm-hmm. like if you spend less money and you invest mm-hmm. more money you will end up with more money right like we can all agree on that right. however right. you know and i'm not sure what right. she has against coffee but you know and I, I tell people this all the time it's expensive if we want a financial plan based on the math that's great go live in a cardboard box and save and invest everything math works out much better that way right, <laughs> right. Whenever right. retire, keep saving, right. keep investing. Right. But, and then, you know, the flip side of that is, and we've, you know, gone over some of these studies and some of the books of, you know, Jeez. when you're laying on your deathbed, my guess is you're not going to say, man, I'm glad I skipped all those coffees and now I have an extra million dollars, <laughs> right? Right. So... Find your balance. Right, yes, right. you should be saving and investing, but also you should be living your life and enjoying it because what's the point of saving and investing if you can't utilize those resources for more enjoyment,
2: right? <laughs> All right, I'll stop All lecturing right. now. <laughs> I, I will. I'll have a sip of coffee as we as we ponder that. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. And now for something completely different. CNBC had a piece on how to protect yourself from tax identity. Yeah, you know,
1: That's this is safe. one that is coming up more and more. I don't know about you, Dave. I have a couple of clients that have been trapped in this um, with state tax returns. And once it happens to you, I can guarantee you this. It is a pain beyond pain and it will last for years. Um, yeah. But kind of the idea behind it yeah. is criminals are using your personal information to file a tax return for you and basically get a refund under mm-hmm. your social security number and taking that refund and doing with
2: it right. what criminals do, right? Right. And then you go to file, and the IRS is like, yeah. oh, wait a minute, you already filed. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah. there was something
1: and- like, let's see the number, the, the stats, stats go- on this 294,000 individual cases in 2023, which was up from 92,000 in 2019. Wow. Um, and it takes an average of 19 months to process returns once this happens to you. That's just in the year it happens, let alone there's, you know, right. your, account, your returns get flagged from here on out and it's kind of more of a longer process. So, a couple of practical ways yeah. to kind of protect yourself. Um, and, you know, this may or may not be practical depending on your situation, but if you file your tax return early, um, you know, there's less chance that you have a criminal that can file it before, right? Because the first one wins in terms of, uh, who gets to deal with the nonsense. Um, so if you've already filed, they can't go in and file because it's going to flag. Um, so filing your tax return early, if you can, if you have an easy return, that's getting harder and harder to do these days. Um, but it is one way to protect yourself and then another way is if if you're worried about it, if you know your information is out there, you can get an identity protection pin from the IRS, which basically means that they won't accept mm-hmm. any returns unless you're using this six-digit number. Um, you get a new one every year that they send you. It's open to everyone now, so you don't have to. It previously was if you had fraud issues, but now everyone can get one. Um so it might be too late. It more than likely is too late for this year, but something you could consider for next year is getting that pin um, to kind of protect yourself if you think that's something that you're. In, you know, everybody's information is out there. I hate to say it. Um, <laughs> don't shoot the messenger. Mm-hmm. But you know, steps like this, if you're worried yeah. about it, yeah. just go a long way to helping make sure that you don't have to deal with the ramifications or fallout of that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It is a pain.
1: Indeed. A pain. Let's flip to something more exciting, uh, right? Well, nothing worse than taxes and yeah, fraud all wrapped up fun. in
2: one article. <laughs> right. Let's just let's just move on, right? Yeah. So this next one from Think Advisor: more than half of Americans want to retire gradually, according to a survey. And I, I like this. And you, you, we've talked about this idea, um, off and on for years here. But the idea that you know, retirement doesn't have to be a hard stop. And for a lot of people, it's healthier to decrease your hours along the way instead of just being done. Yeah, you know, it's one of
1: those things that for a long time, I feel like a lot of people felt like it was just kind of a pipe dream. (laughs) But, you know, considering where we're at today, we have a very strong labor market. right? And we are in a situation where intellectual jobs and experience matter, right? So you know you're not going to replace someone who's been mm-hmm. doing a job, and I know, just think of mm-hmm. with a tax preparer this morning. So you know you're not going to replace a 30 year vet of doing tax returns with someone fresh out of college, right? Like that knowledge—that's a significant knowledge gap. Exactly. So now you know we're seeing more companies. We're seeing more People say, "Hey." Yeah. I don't want to keep working 40 to 50 hours a week, but I'd like to come in the office a couple of days a week and maybe do twenty five or thirty and start there and slowly kind of ease my way out and maybe train the next person that's gonna take over and give some of my knowledge to the next generation, but also not have as much stress and strain as I do under, you know, working full time. So up to, according to this survey, 52% of Americans yeah. reported that gradually decreasing their hours is their preferred way. And that includes 67% of Gen X and 56% of millennials, which I'm kind of somewhat surprised that 56% of millennials even think about retirement at this point. So, but I guess that's a different article for a different day.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah we, exactly. we beat up on them in our last podcast. Yep. So, and let's, then, so,
1: uh, so you let's know, I think Gen X is it, right? kind of in that category where the gradual makes sense. Uh, I think it's 46% of baby boomers yeah uh, would move immediately from working to full-time retirement. Oh,
2: well, as a Gen Xer, we'll just we're just going to keep our heads down and support our parents and support our siblings and yeah. you know do what we have to do on our own because that's what we've always done. So,
1: you know. interestingly <laughs> enough, this is the preferences that yeah. of people that of how they want to do it, but current retirees actually transitioning out of the workforce. Yeah. 72% stopped working immediately, 18% gradual phase down. So there is some disconnect going on between yeah, like, hey, we want to do this and B, it didn't really ever well, happen the way we thought we wanted it to, right?
0: Are you feeling overwhelmed when it comes to planning for your retirement? Do you want simple, relatable information you can use today to plan for tomorrow? Check out the Kitchen Table Finance Podcast hosted by Dave and Nick, certified financial planners with Shotwell Rudder Bear Financial Planners. They make retirement planning easy and enjoyable. Discover practical advice to create a retirement strategy that fits your lifestyle and budget. Get ready for market updates, intriguing finance headlines, book reviews, special guests, and inspiring case studies. So grab your favorite cup of coffee and join them at the table as they talk about everything finance and retirement. Go to srbadvisors.com or search for Kitchen Table Finance wherever you listen to podcasts. And, and this is just anecdotal, though. Too, I've I've talked to a
2: few people this last few these last few months yeah. that seemed mm-hmm. reluctant to even bring that topic up with their employer. You know, and it's, I think there's a little bit of a cultural shift that has to go on there where it's like, like that your employer, like, as you pointed out, maybe, maybe more open to that than you might realize because it's in their best interest not to have you just, hey, I'm done in two weeks. You know, it gives them a transition time. And, but I, I think we're not used to thinking that way and what do you really have to lose with talking to your employer right. about that because they're going to they're going to assume you're going to retire anyway it's not like you're surprising them so if you talk to them a little bit ahead of time about those kind of transitions or look for something completely different on the other side too. There's lots of different ways to, uh,
1: yeah, according to this 10% uh, transition careers as kind of their phase out. So it's interesting. I'd like to see, you yeah. know, in a couple of years if these numbers change and how they change, but I think you're right, Dave. I think, you know, as more and more people get to that age, ready to retire, I think we'll and obviously people want it, and employers want it. So you know, eventually, hopefully, we'll we'll break through that disconnect and and make it more plausible. Um, but interesting study nonetheless. So. Um I I hope you uh are gonna yeah, as say, I so hope you like this. What are the kids doing these days? I absolutely yeah. love it. There is a TikTok trend now called loud loud budgeting, <laughs> uh, which is apparently the opposite of quiet luxury, which I'm not entirely sure yeah. what quiet luxury is. Um, but loud budgeting I feel like is really <laughs> cool um because there is this stigma behind, you know being stingy or not spending money. And there's, you know, there's always been a friction around talking about money. Um, But loud budging is kind of the exact opposite of that. Right. right? It's trending on TikTok. So I think maybe what this means, Dave, is is you and I are cool
2: again. (laughs) Yeah, right. We've come back around. It happens. It happens. But uh, like wide ties and bell-bottom jeans. But what's interesting here, you know, yeah. there's mm-hmm. this, stigma. there's always been this cultural thing about talking about money, right? You don't do it. And I think that's what like quiet luxury is it, from what, you know, when I read that, I, I was thinking, okay, that's kind of the status quo. Like we just go spend on these nice things and everybody sees them. We don't necessarily talk about yeah. them, but you know, I'm wearing the nice watch and the right shoes and it's, oh, and, and that's part of what social media gets beaten up for, right? That it's like that it, 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 it these influencers are generally causing people to spend more money on things they don't really need just to match the trends. You no, know,
1: by the way, that's how they're getting paid is to pitch these things, right? <laughs> and, and, and
2: yeah, well, yeah, that's a whole, yeah, we could, <laughs> we could, we could, I could go on for a couple hours about how I feel about social media, but. This is kind of the, like an anecdote to that in a couple of ways. And it's removing, in a way, it's like saying, no, it's not, it doesn't yeah. matter if I can afford it or not. It would be And being loud and vocal about that, right? It's, yeah. it's kind of chain, reframing that. Right, right. It, whereas before it'd be like, oh, like if you, if you, if you didn't participate in a trend or you didn't do something, right. people would be like, oh, she must not be able to afford that. And instead, you're saying, "Oh, that's not the point. Whether you can or can't yeah, isn't really the point. It's that it would be irresponsible of you. Right. You should pay down your student loan instead of going to Cabo."
1: Absolutely, and you're taking control of that and taking control yeah. of that narrative and saying, yeah. "I'm not going to do that because I, you know, right. I need to do this and right. that's more important to me," uh, which I think is really huge. And you know, hopefully, something yeah. will continue. We we continue to see. Yeah. I love I love the trend. I hope more people loud
2: budget. So maybe maybe there's some hope for the ticks and the tocks. Well, and the...
1: honestly, I think it's not just for the kids too, right? Like there's some people who, you know, are <laughs> our age yeah. who should probably be doing more loud budgeting and not just going along with, you know, going out to an expensive dinner with friends just because they want to go. And so you feel bad for right. t- telling them no, right? I think we can all learn... To loud budget a little bit more and be a little bit more right, uh, right. upfront about our priorities and
2: spending goals and habits. <laughs> as long as I don't have to well, do it on I think on Twitter. we're
1: getting you a TikTok, Dave. I think that's the. And I'm uh, not dancing on TikTok. Now that you're cool on TikTok and you can loud budget, I think we need to get you a TikTok. All right. <laughs>
2: yeah i'm good thanks all right moving along what's next so
1: this last one is a blog piece from our friend column friend that we've never met Uh, but mr morgan housel put out a piece uh entitled frugal versus independent. Um, and as always, there is a bunch of nuggets in here that I love. Yes. But the first one being just kind of talking about how doing well with money isn't necessarily how smart you are or where you went to school, right? Like there's no studies that say people that do well with money all went to Harvard or Ivy League schools, right? Uh, it's just about having the right behavior, right? Patience, control over greed and fear, mm-hmm. long-term thinking. Those are things that everybody in... in Habits that everybody can get into. And so, you know, it's just one of those things where money isn't necessarily about education. It's more
2: about building the right habits. Yeah, building the right habits, taking your time, regulating. Yeah, so
1: it was interesting. I think my favorite part of this article is he went on to talk a little bit about Chuck Feeney. Uh, who founded the duty free stores? And Chuck mm-hmm. died last month. The well-known part of his story is that he gave away 99.99 percent of his eight billion dollar fortune years before he died. So he and his wife kept about two million, yes. lived in a small apartment, flew coach, and gave the rest to charity. And the interesting part about that is he actually did, you know, have the high life. Right? He had the house in Aspen and the private jets and. He what he found out is he just didn't like it Mm -hmm. very much, right? Like it wasn't him. It wasn't who he wanted to be. And what he figured out is that what he did like and what he did enjoy was giving the money away. That brought him more happiness, which I think is phenomenal. And, and, you know, it's just one of those, it's just another great story about how you really need to find out what is going to give you happiness. And I can almost guarantee it's not going to be more money. All right. And so once you figure out what that thing is, then create your financial <laughs> yeah. plan around it. Yep. Right. Like if you have more than money than you need and giving it away, gives you more happiness then by all means, like find a way to do that. Find a way to bring yep. yourself more happiness because getting more money yep. isn't going up to, to do it for most people. And so I think that's just kind of a great example from
2: Mr. Uh,
1: Morgan Housel and the uh, Chuck Feeney. I was very cool. Very Morgan Housel to yes. kind of bring us back to, you know.
2: I, when I read when I read Mr. Housel, I picture him sitting on a mountaintop <laughs> somewhere cross-legged in the lotus position just dispensing wisdom yeah. for me. Um it's always good stuff. It's always good stuff. It's another, so a
1: uh, great reminder of uh the world's a lot simpler than we make it sometimes. <laughs> so <laughs> that is right, uh, right. what we have yeah. for uh, January and February
2: headlines, Dave. Good good month for uh, good stuff. Yeah. And uh, we'll have links to all of these in the, the notes that go with the web. Uh, and if our
1: listeners stumble across something here in the month of uh, March, send it to us. We'll review it and maybe it'll show up on our uh, <laughs> next headline review. You can send those to us at info at srbadvisors.com yeah. Love it. <laughs> the
2: interactive uh, been, been a pleasure as always, Dave. <laughs> it's been great, Nick. I'll talk to you
0: later. Thanks. Gather around and follow the Kitchen Table Finance podcast to learn about money and simple ways you can invest right now. You can find more practical advice at srbadvisors.com and contact the team for personal planning by emailing info at srbadvisors.com.